The Essence of Tea, episode 66. Welcome. You are listening to the Essence of Tea podcast, where we share about the world of tea with you. From tea tastings to tea history and culture to tea education, health, and wellness, the Essence of Tea is your tea companion through your personal transformation and growth. I'm your host, Jenny Jie. Now let's get started. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today as I share with you three of the biggest myths about caffeine in tea. So my name is Jenny and I'm the owner and founder of Sipping Streams Tea Company and I've been teaching about tea for over 17 years. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today for the Essence of Tea podcast where I will demystify the the misnomers out there that have been cycling over the decades about the truth of caffeine in tea. So there are many different ideas about how much caffeine is in tea. And I've heard them over the decades, like I said, the decades, because they've been cycled over and over again in magazine articles, in websites, into published books. And the research does not back necessarily all these myths out there. Did you know that? With my background of working in health and wellness in a physical therapy clinic and then being a high school math and science teacher, I can tell you the truth about tea, but it all goes back to science. So what is caffeine? Caffeine is a component in the methylxanthine classification, which is a stimulant for the central nervous system. Now there's a lot of things that people have heard over the years that caffeine is bad for you, or tea has less caffeine than coffee, or black tea has the most caffeine, but those things are not necessarily true. That's why they are myths. So what are the facts behind caffeine in tea. Now, when I'm talking about tea, I'm talking specifically about the Camellia sinensis plant. And this Camellia sinensis plant is this evergreen tea plant that has health benefits, hundreds and thousands of health benefits because of all of the many components in this plant. Things that help with cardiovascular health, things that help with stimulation of your central nervous system, things that help with um oxygen absorption and your respiratory system. So when we talk about caffeine, some of the three top myths about tea are that you can get caffeine-free tea, which is not true. You can get the most caffeine specifically out of black tea. That black tea has more caffeine than um, any other tea out there. And that the third myth is that you can decaffeinate tea by steeping it longer. Now, some of you might've heard these um, comments before, but how are they backed by science? Now, there's this huge chain, a molecular chain, that's caffeine. Caffeine is found in many different plants. It's found in cacao, which makes you chocolate. It's found in coffee, which that's what's mostly known for. It's found inside of energy drinks, soft drinks. You know, now you can get non-carbonated energy drinks that have caffeine in them. Sometimes they're supplemented or sometimes they're actually used um, different plant components and put them into these energy drinks to give you caffeine. Um, but you can extract this molecular structure of caffeine that naturally occurs in nature. So the first one, that there are caffeine-free teas. So let's start from the beginning. When we talk about tea, we talk about the Camellia sinensis evergreen tree plant. And that is widely known internationally 
globally around the world as tea. So there's white tea, green tea, oolong, black and poor, five types of tea. Now, sometimes there's subcategories like yellow tea and things like that, but the tea plant, this evergreen tea plant has caffeine in it. It naturally occurs. It's part of its component, the mineral components, things that it creates when it grows up. And there's no way to completely remove the caffeine out of this plant. Now, you can talk about tassons. Tassons are herbal infusions such as chamomile, peppermint, and such like that. But those things are not the tea plant. So that's another myth that is out there that there's caffeine-free teas. There are caffeine-free herbals that have no occurrence in caffeine for that plant, but there are many plants in nature that naturally have caffeine. And when you buy a decaffeinated tea, it's only required to have 2% or less, not zero, 2% or less of caffeine in there. So it's technically not even caffeine-free. And yes, I know there are some of you out there who actually have an allergy to caffeine. I, I would not wish that on anyone. So you would have an allergic reaction to chocolate. You would have an allergic reaction to yerba mate, which is a different plant grown in South America that is not the tea plant. You might drink it like a tea, but if you think about tea versus coffee, would you count coffee as a tea because it's steeped in hot water? No. So why would you count your peppermint, which is not from the tea plant and is caffeine-free as a tea? It's now an herbal infusion. So herbal infusions, some of them are caffeine-free, but that is not tea. So when you hear the myth out there, there are caffeine-free teas, it's not true. The second one is black teas have the most caffeine. Black teas are just a category of the processing of teas. There's five main categories of teas. Those five main categories of tea are white, green, oolong, black, and poor those main categories. So some of you who are those tea connoisseurs out there, I know there's yellow tea, purple tea and such like that, but we're just talking about the processing of tea that changes them from category to category. That literally has to do with oxidation. Oxidation is like, for an example, you take an apple and you smash it on the table and you roll it around and you haven't quite bit into the apple, but you bruised it, you bruised it really well. And when you bruise this apple, over time, by the end of the day, you cut into the apple because you want to have some apples with your dinner as like a, a light dessert, you're going to notice it's all brown. That's called oxidation. Whether you directly break open and cut open the skin of the apple or just bruise it, oxygen is flowing in and out of the membranes of it, right? So that oxidation, that bruising is what's causing the tea from being a white tea into a green tea to an oolong, black, and poor, and some other other steps in between there. So those tea categories are purely off of the processing. Now, if they're all from the same plant, the Camellia sinensis plant, that a black tea is from the same plant as a white tea or green tea, could you really say that black tea has more caffeine than white tea? Well, this is where the science of knowing about your teas, your particle size, the seasonality, um, the cut size, the grade of the tea leaves all matters because that's a very complex question. Most of the time when people are steeping, for example, a grocery store paper tea bag in a circular disc and steeping their tea in their cup of water and it gets really strong 
If you tear open that tea bag, if you tear it open, you will be shocked and horrified that yes, it is low low grade tea leaf and it is loose leaf tea, but you can't get up to four steepings that you would get in a very high quality tea. You can't re-steep it because everything comes out right away because of that tiny particle size. I, I challenge you to rip open one of your favorite tea bags that is not one of those pyramid tea bags, something that you can't see, a paper tea bag. Open it up, see how tiny the particle size is. You might almost think that it is ground up tea leaves. Another myth out there, those aren't necessarily ground up tea leaves. They just happen to be the lowest quality of tea. So when you have a lower quality tea, you have a higher extraction rate because the particle size is smaller, just like your coffee, percolating, dripping down. So you have a strong brewed cup of coffee because the particle sizes are small. You have a strong cup of tea that might have a lot of caffeine in that typically a black tea, but in the end, that black tea is not gonna be resteepable. It's gonna taste like colored water after a few times. So when you think about the particle size, you might think that yes, that one cup of black tea was stronger than that fluffy, full leaf white tea, technically cup by cup. But in actuality, that white tea, if it's an early season picked tea, which is the most potent, the first fruits of the season, it will have way more caffeine. If you're to do a caffeine analysis for a high-end white tea that's early season picked, then a late season depleted of its nutrients and resources and whatever's left in it, end of the year black tea. So harvesting um, time really depends on the potency of the caffeine in the plant. Also the particle size for the extraction in that cup of tea of black tea versus white tea or green tea or oolong tea. What is steeping into the cup? And if you have these full leaf teas, usually the second or third time are much more stronger in flavor if you have a high quality tea. So if you're comparing it to most researchers are using these grocery store tea bags. Like when you read the research in the Journal of Sports Medicine or whatever it is out there, those research studies, you have to dive into what were the parameters? What was the quality of the tea? Was it an early season picked tea, a late season picked tea? Was it just whatever was like left over on the floor of the tea house factory? So the quality of the tea leaves, the seasonality of that, and also the stock of the plant. When you think of a tree, right? You have a really tall tree and it's springtime. You have all these buds coming out forth, right? And it grows taller and taller and taller. So the um, most youngest part is like the top when it keeps adding on more and more new branches. But if it's a mature, really old branch of the tea plant that's just barely hanging in there and it's just aging out, right? Kind of like some of you who make kombucha. It's just really old. It's kind of there. It does a little bit of work, but the potency isn't there. It's not going to have as much caffeine as a very young, vibrant, new tea leaf. So when you look at the science behind that and the horticulture of the tea plant, that is what you have to think about. And then the third huge myth out there about caffeine in tea is that if you steep it longer, you can make more of the tea, um, the caffeine come out of it. You can decaffeinate your teas. Have you heard that one before? Write in the comments below if you've heard that myth before too. So number one, we have black tea is the most caffeinated. Mm, not true. 
caffeine-free teas exist. Not necessarily true. Those are different herbals that are out there. And the third one is that you can decaffeinate your own tea by steeping it longer. Now, you can pull out everything. You can pull out the flavor and you can steep your tea for so long and rinse it out and wash it out. And then the different steeping will have less caffeine in it. A, if it's a really low quality tea, it's not even going to have any flavor for that second steeping. Or B, you're taking a full leaf tea, you're steeping the heck out of it, rinse it out, throw it away, and so you can have watery looking high quality tea leaves. You've just pulled out everything else, all the components, all the nutrients, the essential oils, all of those, um, the polyphenols with dumping it down the drain to begin with. That caffeine is a complex molecule that is attached to everything else that makes up the tea plant. So. Can you decaffeinate your cup of tea? Yeah, if you're just trying to make a cup of water. So there you go. Three of the biggest myths about caffeine in tea. And so in actuality, caffeine, dry form, like the pick in the tea leaves, versus a coffee berry pit, you know, dry form to dry form, tea actually has way more caffeine than coffee does if you have a caffeine analysis done to it. But when you're drinking it in the final cup, typically the tea aficionado out there will be steeping their teas multiple times and slowly the caffeine drips out more and more and more, which with each um, sequential cup, right? That has been brewed. So you have this even keel of caffeine extracted into your cup of tea versus just getting your coffee percolated or a shot of espresso and forcing everything out of it right away. If you want to learn more about tea, I highly recommend that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure that you get the hit the bell and get the notifications so you don't miss a thing. Also, for those of you who are interested in learning more and experiencing the health benefits of tea, I highly recommend that you sign up for our tea wellness retreat. We have not had an event like this in over 10 years. And so if you want to learn more about the tea wellness retreat, just text retreat to 206 339 Four five eight seven to get more information about our tea wellness retreat, which will be diving into more of the health benefits of tea. Experiencing tea firsthand and hand harvesting and hand rolling your own green tea. Yes, you'll be making your own green tea. We'll be flying our matcha producers in the ones that make our award-winning first place winner matcha. And you will be learning how to judge and evaluate matcha, which is one of the most kept secrets in the matcha industry, unless you literally work for a matcha factory. And you will be able to hand grind your own matcha powder. So you'll be learning about the history, the culture, and the process of matcha. And not only that, you get to make your own matcha powder. And you'll also be experiencing the health benefits and learning about the health benefits in our art with tea session where you will be creating pigments out of tea and as you're making these beautiful watercolor paintings and putting your energy and your soul into creativity and pouring it out I will be teaching you as you'll be sipping these teas and learning all about the health benefits of the different teas you use to paint with and also we will also have a nationally certified cheese professional so you'll be learning about the art and science 
of cheese and tea pairing, learning about the little um, things like seasonality and how that changes the cheese or what the cow or the you know goat has grazed on and how you pair that even with different temperatures of tea, the art and science of this culinary experience that we call cheese and tea pairing with our nationally certified cheese professional. So if that excites you and you're interested in a two-day tea culture immersive program, I invite you to text in right now, retreat, one word, retreat to 206-339-4587. I can't wait to see you on our next episode of the Essence of Tea podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, check out my book, The Essence of Tea, The Transformational Journey of a Tea Connoisseur. It's all about the history and culture of tea and the health benefits of tea. You can find The Essence of Tea, The Transformational Journey of a Tea Connoisseur on Amazon, Kindle, and SippingStreams.com.